Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Alex's Firearms Digest. There's a bunch of craziness going on in the planet right now, on a global scale. Things are spicy. And not Mexican hot sauce spicy, but some Hindu curry spicy with a hint of ghost pepper. You know, it's getting super hot out there. But before we jump into discussion, let's answer some listener emails that are like a month and a half due. Um, this is more of a question than anything. Uh, let's see what they write. Uh, says, in episode two, you bring up the subject of killing an intruder. Is that really your mentality of approaching a situation, or should I say any situation? Do what? Don't you think you give concealed carry individuals a bad rep if you're going to be killing everyone that breaks into your home or someone that attempts to attack you? I don't think it's right of you to be pushing your agenda and mentality onto individuals. Alright, so before anybody attacks them, let me be the first one to say, you really need to work on your punctuation and grammar, dude. Because that was like, or duet, or it. Because your sentence was like super run on, and I understand that you're trying to sound all high and mighty. And that's cool, dude. I'm uh, Or whatever you are. I'm not going to get mad. You know, that's your right. And I, I respect everybody's First Amendment. I'm not a hypocrite like you guys, or people of your... Um, political or entitleist uh, mentality that will say yeah I'm super tolerant and then they come at you with the opposition and you're like no not that type of guy and I actually encourage my listeners not to be that type of guy either or that type of person Um, but before any of you guys that are listening start clowning on this person let them be like I said you know if you're listening and as I said that I would be responding to your question or concerns on this volume, just in case anyone else had the same concern, um, I think it was taken out of context, uh, especially when you listen to the episode, um, because I did state that I would shoot an intruder or intruders if they created the environment to do so. Um, that means that said individuals will have to literally break into my house by violently using physical force. If you're willing to cause damage to my property in order to gain access into my property to pillage and take what is not yours, I will use force to deter it. And this is one thing that bothers me is and that is that and I am saying this because I am sure that you're one of those gun owners or individuals or if I'm sure I have like a few people listening to me that are that type of gun owner or individual. Um, If you own a firearm and like I stated in volume two, you're evidently going to bring something or someone to an end. A firearm is a tool, a weapon, whatever you want to call it, but in absolute, it is an inanimate object that I, the owner, just like everyone, everyone else, can give it a purpose. Mine is simply to protect and to hunt wild game. Of course, the in between those is training with it or them. And obtaining and harnessing skills that will make me an effective user of my firearm or firearms. People like you who do not train or do train live in this delusional mentality that encompasses this type of belief that brandishing a firearm or threatening someone to use your firearm on them in the event of a home invasion or in the event of self-defense will be effective. (laughs) Honestly, it's completely pathetic. Let's go through this type of delusion, everyone, right? So, all right, everyone, it's story time. Let's go through a delusion, right? Uncle Dum Dum is going to tell you, he's going to explain how this delusion is uh, flawed. An intruder breaks in, right? They're armed, 
and you manage to get your shotgun out of the safe and make an approach to the general area where the noise came from, right? We'll call it the point of entry. You call out for them, or it, whatever they are, because it's California, um, to get out of your house. You rack the shell into the chamber. At this point, two things can happen. And I say you rack the shell into the chamber because I know a lot of you guys want the Benelli M4, but not all you guys are going to be shitting out $1,700 for a Benelli M4. Um, so at this point, two things can happen. The intruder complies and leaves or a firefight ensues. If you die, that's it. That's the end of you. And whatever happens to you or your loved ones and property is out of your hands. The other, you're forced to kill the suspect or wound him. We all know what happens after you're in court. Now you're in court, right? You're sitting there being grilled by the DA and the judge is looking at you like an idiot and the jury you know they're Californians for the most part probably Democrats and super liberal and they're looking at you like you're a fucking monster now imagine how fucking stupid you're going to sound to the prosecution the judge and jury when you state that your purpose in owning a gun was simply to brandish it and scare potential intruders away that you never intended to kill or wound someone that's why I say own up to it, all of it. A firearm is not a fucking toy. It's not an excuse to be scaring people with it. You know, because if you said that in court, I would be laughing at you. This is literally a tool that can be used to save lives. And unfortunately, it saves lives by taking them or altering them through wounds they create. And of course, I'm referring to the aggressor or whoever you're defending yourself against, correct? If you want to simply scare people away from your house, just get a shitload of fucking dogs, you know, get a fucking Rottweiler, uh, you know, a Conicorso, fucking a German Shepherd, an Australian Shepherd, you know, a Belgian Malinois, because I'm sure you guys are not even going to be able to train it, right, and it's going to be hopping fences. Those dogs are super fucking athletic, um, you know, and train them effectively to protect your household. That's what you should do. If that's your intention is to keep people away from your house, just get a bunch of fucking dogs. Um, like Grandpappy saying, I've said it many times, you guys probably know it by heart now. Don't bring a gun out unless you're going to use it. Also, being an adult is being grown and owning up to your actions. So there's your answer. Let's go to the next one. Let me see what they say. <clears throat> they write, hello, Alex. Love the content. Oh, thank you. Me and my friends are trying to start doing bet start doing team drills. How do you train in your house without causing too much noise that would alarm your neighbors? I'm surrounded by two-story homes and we're pretty close together that sometimes I hear them arguing or having sex. I didn't want to know that. The sex part. I imagine the same would go for me and my friends when training. How are your experiences with your neighbors and how have you managed to overcome these types of obstacles if you had them? Okay, well, that's a good question. Thank you for your question. It's a great one. Um, so if you revisit Volume 6, I explain how to set up targets if you need help with that as well. For the most part, it's just my wife and I doing the training at home. We approach everything very stealthily and quietly. So for us to be making loud noises during a, during like any training session that we might have is a no-go. Um, this is because we train as if we're defending in the night. So everything amplifies in sound. 
And people always say, what is that happening? Well, it's due to the absence of ambient noise. This is why we train as quietly as possible. You guys can work using hand signals and other cues in order to move quietly during the daytime. In the backyard, I don't really do much of training back there unless it's at night. And I'm used to living in areas where your neighbors are the ones that break into your home. All right. Sorry, I should say they're scumbag children are the ones that break into your home. So we train in complete darkness in the backyard. And recently we began using um, gas blowback airsofts uh, because, you know, UTM rounds are pretty loud. in the, Especially like at nighttime, they're a lot more louder than using an airsoft gun. Um, in the daytime, of course, I use UTM rounds. I put a blue can on it, even though I don't own a Form 1. Um, but, you know, one can dream, right? <laughs> so... If you don't think that's going to work, then maybe switching homes will be a greater solution for you guys overall. If not, you know, you guys do have the range as an option. There's no excuse for you guys not to train, especially if you guys are already training. You guys just have to keep, you know, adapting and overcoming these obstacles. Uh, all I got to say is good luck with training. Make it educational. Make it fun and learn as a squad. Honesty with one another will take you guys a long way. It will also make sure that you guys don't get yourselves killed by the action of, a, you know, of a weak link or something like that and if there is a weak link don't you know don't kick them out you know there's always ways for you guys to improve and it's like a relationship you know you guys gotta work on it build it make it stronger alright next one uh, listener writes this pod is very cool and informative no it's not I'm learning a lot from it and it has given me great idea of things I personally need to work on cool Keep up the good work. My questions are just out of curiosity. Do you really hate Second Amendment clothing? Also, do you not like T-Rex arms or Lucas Botkins? Thank you for the feedback. Uh, I'm glad that I helped you out or inspired you to improve yourself as a firearm user. That's the main goal of this podcast after all. Um, that's part of the objective. Uh, there's other objectives as well, which is to change the gun culture in California. But that seems like a really strong uphill battle. And I do have a lot of people here that can reinforce me, but they haven't contacted me yet. So, yeah. Um, to answer your questions, though, I don't hate clothing brands. To say that I hate clothing brands would be very stupid. It's more like I just think they're fucking cringy. Like, for example, I don't think that people should be repping Til Valhalla when they're nowhere near of Nordic descent. That would be the equivalent of me repping a Mayan symbol or Eskimo symbolism. When I am of Comanche and Mestizo descent. Does that make sense? Like also it really digs into my skin when I see people repping Mandalorian symbology on their gear. This is why I attack it. I make fun of it. Because you have to acknowledge that no matter how you want to make it seem that you're uh, air quote badass. None of us have grown up in a tribe where brutality and warriorism is prevalent. Especially when it comes to sporting Mandalorian or Spartan symbols. Most of us, if not all of us, weren't raised in that type of society. If we supposedly were, your parents did a great job in dodging CPS, neighbors, and nosy school officials. Now, I understand if you've been in the Special Forces for years. I, I get it. Complete warrior tribe in society. Other than that, just calm down, Mando Fridge breaching team. To your second question, I do not hate T-Rex arms or the Bakkins, or their staff. I didn't like their sidecar. 
And I'm completely honest about gear in general. I did not like the fact that Lucas was promoting all this buy used gear shit because it promoted an automatic inflation on these products far beyond what was necessary. Seriously, if you're paying $400 for a fucked up salty Eagle Industries MMAC plate carrier, that's just fucking stupid. And people are fucking stupid for buying it. I get the whole supply and demand, but for $400, I can wait a few weeks and go with the JPC 1.0 and use the rest of that money towards funding for plates and pouches. So yeah, T-Rex Arms does a lot of informing or does a lot for informing and teaching the average citizen in a lot of tactical and shooting topics. Also, like, you know, they're strong believers of a militia. You can tell right away. I might not see eye to eye with all their beliefs, but for the most part, they're a good company. I wouldn't have an issue at all sitting down with these guys and shooting the shit, you know, and learning from them either. I think that's one thing that happens a lot in this culture is the fact that we generalize people and we talk all this shit about them without giving them a shot, you know, without even getting to know these people. And if we don't learn from one another, are we really even learning anything at all? Some people have different tactics. You might actually like their tactics or you can use those attack, those tactics, implement them into your own training. Do a little few tweaks here and there. And before you know it, you have even a better version of their tactics. Let's move on to the next one. And I'm this will probably be the last one that I'm going to do. This guy writes pretty big. Uh, he said, hi, Alex. I don't know how to start this. Well, saying hi is usually a good starting point. But it's really cool to finally see an actual Hispanic jump into the gun world. I know that we have people from all walks of life, but to finally hear someone who is Hispanic and speaks in support of firearms is amazing. I've told a lot of my Hispanic friends who are into guns as well to support and listen to you. I really wish to see you up there with the greats of the gun world at some point in the future. My questions to you are, how do you deal with being in the Second Amendment scene and being Hispanic? From what I heard in your podcast episodes, you're like a mixture of T-Rex arms, Garen thumb, and then you have comments or moments as if you're from the barrio. Please don't be offended, but it's a rarity to hear someone like you and having it be about supporting concealed carry and guns and living in California. That's okay. My second question is, how do you overcome the mentality that if you're a pro-guns, and pro-American, you're automatically a traitor against your people and your parents' motherland. <laughs> oh, my boy. I've been called a racist by my family because I have an American flag on a flagpole at my house. From a previous episode, you said that your mother was somewhat anti-guns and you couldn't train at home as really when you live with them. So I'm assuming you and I have dealt with similar things. Alright, um... Well, of course, I'm not going to be an asshole. Um, thank you. And look, I appreciate that you're somewhat astonished that I'm Hispanic and I'm a law-abiding gun owner. I'm not a gangbanger from some and some letter of the alphabet followed by a 13, right? Um, I, honestly, uh, I honestly don't know how far I'm going to go with this, but to one day be a Garanthum or Grantham or Arm or arm scholar that would be fucking awesome you know um, but I'm not here to be something big by doing this like I said many times before I'm just tired of the cliche ignorant gun culture in America and in California 
I don't really brag or speak about being Hispanic and being into guns because honestly, everyone listening, race shouldn't matter. You know, religion shouldn't matter. At that point, we're just throwing categories to continue the division in this country, in this culture, rather than to create unity. Um, also, thank you for promoting the podcast. I greatly appreciate you guys for doing so. Anyone who does promote me, thank you. I don't think I'm like the next ish. But, you know, I do my best to inform everyone and to keep everyone, you know, like in line with their skills and stuff like that um, in terms of judging you and talking shit. But it is what it is. Um, anyways, to answer your question on a more grand scale of things, um, I had to deal with the same thing and I still deal with that in general uh, just because we feel. Well, let's be realistic. And let's be realistic and raw about this, right? I personally consider myself to be American. I was born here, raised here, and I lived my whole life here. I don't consider myself to be Mexican besides the cultural aspect of it that was taught to me by my family. I know my family's histories, my moral ethics, beliefs. All that has been inspired by my elders, which was primarily my grandfather, his father, and my great uncles, right? Do I consider myself to be Chicano? Sure. You know, I am the first generation Mexican-American born here. So I am 100% the definition of a Chicano, right? Um, and I don't consider it being, I don't consider it to be racist to love your country. If you fly an American flag, and this goes for everybody out there. If you fly an American flag, you fly it because you believe not even you believe, you genuinely believe in everything it stands for or everything that it means to you. I don't have anything against my parents' homeland and I don't care about it. I am not living there, so the issues that plague that country are not my concern, except for some that are starting to spill over here, right? But in reality, the majority of the concerns that are happening in that country are not for me to be concerned about, nor should I be. Now, the funny thing is that because I consider myself to be American, I am automatically classified as a racist. And I get made fun of all the time. I get called sarcastically blue eyes, weddle, and other names. Uh, yet, I go to Mexico, and because I am an American, that's all they see me as. Another gringo, a pocho, a no sabo kid, anything that is a racial slur to describe Americans or Mexican Americans in Mexico. Um, they will use it against me, or they will use it on me, I guess. Um, I am not them to them, if that makes sense. And those who aren't aware in Mexico that I'm an American, they'll describe, they'll like call me other names to discriminate against me for the color of my skin. Like, uh, since I am a little bit more darker skin, brown than others, they'll discriminate against me and treat me as like a second class citizen. Like, they'll call me Indio. Um, they'll call me like other names to describe like people that are not educated because apparently in Mexico only the light-skinned people are educated I don't know why you know and I understand that some of you guys might be amazed and confused but it's true and it happens there's a bunch of Mexican Americans that can confirm this and then to answer the last part of the email um, my mother's not anti-gun by far she's not she used to carry a 38 with her at all times back in the homeland when she was working at my grandparents store She's a natural shot with pistols and revolvers. 
and she was like literally one of the best shots in her small town. The issue is that she's been exposed to a lot of gun violence because of guns being in the family and some other things that happened around her when she was growing up. So she doesn't like seeing her son with guns because she's aware of the mess it can create when defending yourself. But at the same time, what can you do you're a grown man? And people who are like, what do you mean mess? By mess, I mean that unlike here where they sue you and they try to kill you, over there they just try to kill you. Even if the person you kill in self-defense was a criminal or they were trying to kill you first, you know? It's, it's fucking crazy how it is over there. Um, we're going to take a quick break, or I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to continue our discussion. Thank you so much, guys. All right, we're back. In the event that if you guys had been living under a rock for some reason, right? I know some of you guys act like you guys have been living under a rock, which is fine. I don't care. Um, but if you have, you might have not heard that Putin has finally invaded Ukraine. Um, I understand they invaded like the Crimea region. And, you know, there's been like separatist movements over there and whatnot. Um, but they've also taken over nuclear power plants. Well, except for Sector 7G because Disney has more firepower than NATO um, through its PMC uh, mouse goons. And NATO and our country are acting like a bunch of fucking cowards. Now, I understand that no one, and I, I really mean no one, uh, wants war, right? But, like I said earlier, uh, my elders didn't teach me to stand by and uh, be a pussy. I don't want peace. I want problems, always. We're globally dealing with a man who's acting like a fucking child. He wants to take what he wants and make demands. Well, when there's a child acting like a brat, usually a good spanking is warranted when attempting to speak to them has failed, right? In this event, in this case, you know, diplomacy is failing because he's still doing what he wants. He's still sending in more Russian troops. Um, and, you know, he's even activated his nuclear unit as like a way of playing like a trump card, you know, saying like, well, you know, if you guys do this, we're going to fucking send nukes. Um, spare the rod, spoil the child type of deal here. So I do believe that mil direct military action is needed, and I am sure that we're going to be plunged into the next world war. My guess, it would be China, North Korea, Iran, and Russia. Um, but overall, as I said, uh, shit is getting really spicy. Um, and I understand you guys don't want to go to war. You know, I get it. You know. I shouldn't be, and I believe it myself, I shouldn't be the one saying, yeah, let's go uh, get into the next world war where millions of us are gonna, probably going to die. I, fortunately, am above the drafting age, but if I could, I would. I would go right now, you know. Um, there are many organizations out there that are gathering uh, supplies for the Ukrainians uh, especially for the Ukrainian military forces there's a lot of groups that are doing awesome things uh, one of them is Mitch team yeah, look them up or I don't even think you guys can find them on Instagram anymore Instagram probably shut them out um, but they're doing some amazing things uh, you guys can donate through various organizations that are going to be providing medical equipment to these soldiers um, and to these uh We'll call them insurgents, you know, but the good kind of insurgency, you know, um, the ones that are fighting the Russians and they'll be providing all these type of like 
supplies to them, which is great. Um, and this is going to jump us into their into our main topic, which is going to be like talking about home. And I know I understand. I I know I usually bring you guys a lot of like uncomfortable truths, which I enjoy bringing to you guys because it's all too common now. Is the uncomfortable reality of things. Uh, so we will be talking about that, and we will be jumping more into um, malicious and all that, which is. I mean, it's something that's necessary, you know, but there is like a certain belief of a militia and I'm going to be attacking some groups. And after all said and done, um, if you guys don't want to listen to me after that, that's fine, dude. Uh, like I said, I'm a man about my ethics, about my morals. I'm not going to bend them for corporate money or some bullshit like that. You know, that's why I clown on people who wear Valhalla shirts and Mandalorian symbolism because I really think it's fucking stupid. So, yeah. We also have to cover political militias. Uh, reason being is that because it affects our gun community and the way our country sees us, the fact that one militia can cause so much damage to all of us gun owners as a whole is more than a reason to discuss and tackle this issue. Uh, to start off with, uh, political militant groups, um, they are no different than any other group. They preach one thing while hiding an agenda and their true cause. They use fear-mongering to draw in members, brainwash them, and then rinse and repeat the cycle to maintain the growth of membership, right? Um, they've always, they're always addressing topics of like anti-communism, immigration, feminism, semitism, and, you know, attacking the LGBT community. Rhetoric may be disguised in a religious way, patriotic way, or they may straight out using the whole genocide or the white genocide conspiracy theory in which this group now falls under the radical right and the minute you start bringing race into it you automatically fall into the radical right it doesn't matter if you're la raza the brown berets which are now a sad excuse uh you're the kkk blm and so on you know in the absolute and i love speaking in the absolute because i don't like bullshitting people it's rather for better for me to be upfront with you guys in the absolute a militia is an existence to defend individual rights against government authority that has become oppressive or tyrannical to defend or protect a community its territory property and laws believing in maintaining our democracy and constitution is a core value in all militias Upholding our immigration and other laws is also acceptable as it is in the definition of a militia. Not allowing women to pursue careers or equality? That's not part of it. And honestly, like, who the fuck are you guys? The American Taliban? Trying to exterminate or eliminate a group of individuals that are attracted to the same sex? First off, that shouldn't be none of yours, mine, or the government's concern. The point of the militia is to support the rights of your fellow countrymen. In absolute, they have the freedom to choose what they want to believe, and just like us, the right to live all their lives as they wish, as long as they don't cause harm to others. Of course, this is guaranteed by our Constitution, which, as a militia, once again, must honor and protect. An example is the group of armed citizens that gather to protect and defend communities throughout California, those were militias acting in the right. 
in the absolute BLM, Antifa, and other groups that supported the quote-unquote peaceful protests during the week of uh, May 28, 2020, were supporting terrorism and terrorist acts. How so? Simple. Defined as the unlawful use of violence or threats to intimidate or, co or coerce a civilian population or government with the goal of furthering political, social, or ideological objectives. That's the actual definition of terrorism. These organizations have all three forms of objectives, correct? They all had violent acts, whether it was disguised under acts of individuals being resentful or fed up with the judicial or law enforcement system or, or opportunities committing crimes were innocent civilians who were not involved in any way hurt. Yes, right? There's been a bunch of video clips where people were getting smacked up in Melrose or out in like the nice little Gucci areas of uh, L.A., you know? And then we also have to look at it. Were local and state governments intimidated and coerced from responding to these acts? For that, remember their force re evaluations for a response. The National Guard being held back by the governor. Um, the politicians that did everything to save face saying, No, we're not going to do this. We're not going to, you know, just go out and beat the crap out of all you guys. If anything, it was the federal government that stepped up. Those federal agents that were caught, I think they were, it was in Portland. Um, they were CBP officers or officers of other agencies that were not wearing any markings. They were the ones that were actually jacking people up, coming up. They were the jump out boys coming out of the van, beating the crap out of you, throwing you back in there. You know, a lot of you guys might see it as like, oh, no, that was like, uh, oh, that was a government acting big brother, bro. It wasn't the government acting big brother. If anything, it was the government upholding the law. You know, these Antifa boys and all these other pathetic losers deserved that whooping because you have to look at it. A lot of them were the youth. You know, I'm no longer part of the youth. I'm already in my 30s. I don't think that way, nor would I have ever thought that way. You know, I probably... I might have or might have not been on top of a rooftop shooting laser beams at idiots that were getting close with bats and shit, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, we have to address it in that way. And that brings us into redefining the militia, you know? And this, of course, it goes in the sense that a militia, if formed, must uphold the constitution and laws of its territory protect property and if needed to quell a rebellion when called upon or found to be necessary when such rebellion threatens what the militia is supposed to protect and uphold that means that we leave all political and religious beliefs to the side not allow such beliefs to create a bias meaning that no militia has a right to kill or harm individuals that belong to different aspects that are different from the militia and its members in terms of sexuality religion, ethnicity, or political party. As long as they're not using any of those, uh, any of those, how would I say it? Any of those topics or preferences to cause mayhem and destruction upon the innocent civilian population. Such examples of these uh, aspects to cause mayhem and destruction is like the Ku Klux Klan, the National Alliance, Black Lives Matter, uh, not fucking around coalition the weapon has fired la raza the proud boys the three percenters and so on and so forth once again if that tickled you in the wrong way uh, because you support one of these groups i don't give a shit in the absolute that's what these groups are 
and you're no different than those you hate and see the world in the exact same way but the only difference is that they're either the minority you hate or the political party you hate this also brings up why I don't join militias I've been offered many times to join parties and train with them but I kindly refuse uh, because they're one of the militias I just mentioned before the group that I train with they're a great group of guys and honestly that's the militia that I belong to and I'm glad to be part of uh, because of them is what has led to the mentality and mindset that evidently gave birth to this movement and to this podcast it's the fact that they don't preach about the invisible boogeyman that's either a minority or white there's no real political rhetoric no religious rhetoric we don't care if there's gay couples getting married now we do care when the education system tried to get all crazy and start fucking with kids or children you know collectively we believe that children should be raised at the discretion of their parents as long as there's no sexual verbal or physical abuse of them is spanking okay yeah in all honesty there's some adults that I know that they could have used a good spanking in their lives you know but that's just my own personal opinion on those adults during this time it seems that Russia and China have become better friends we can't blame everything on just Biden and Kamala. No, I am not advocating for them at this time or at all. But I also have to step back and look at everything that is going on in Europe. As well as, well, we have to acknowledge that there are great military forces in Europe besides ours. And those countries should also have to step up to the plate and get down with Russia. Everything you hear on the news is the United States this and the United States that. Why are we the only nation funding everything towards Ukraine? There's been reports of Russian soldiers now donning on Seaburn uniforms. Uh, are you fucking serious? This little bitch, uh, Putin, has thrown enough of a tantrum. Let's just fucking hit him. Let's, let's hit him already. Seriously. Like, what the fuck is the world going to say? Or when are they going to say this shit is enough? Are these events going to have to follow suit in the same path as World War II when we didn't get involved until Japan attacked us? Are we really going to wait for North Korea or China to hit us? Have we forgotten that Russia is only 2.7 miles away from U.S. soil? And if you don't believe me, look at the Diomede Islands in the Bering Strait region. Red Dawn scenario, possible on that side of the country. Shit, maybe in Hawaii. Things are super spicy. Now, if militias are formed, or they're to be formed, especially by those who are no longer within the drafting age or unable to, due to a disability, medical disqualification, or whatnot, they must be formed with the acknowledgement that within the ideals and beliefs of the militia, there's no room for racism or any aspects of it. The fact that religion itself cannot dictate rhetoric or the cause of the militia, if we're representing our nation, then we must acknowledge that our country is a melting pot. And therefore, we are composed of different cultures, ethnic groups, and religious sects. As a militia, we uphold the laws of the land, and we protect our fellow countrymen, territories, and communities from harm. In the event of a domestic or foreign threat, ideally, the militia should be able to answer the call almost immediately. Given the fact that the world is full of bullshitters and lazy fucks, there won't be much training, and I am sure a lot of these militias will be slaughtered quickly. So I'm not going to say it, but you guys know what you need to do. Coming back to the state of California, we are still facing uh, rising crime. The fact that Californians have become, or California I should say, has become a safe haven for the transient population and criminals 
I believe that it has come to the point that we the people demand our streets back. We demand our neighborhoods back. We demand our public works back. We take back and own the night. These delusional council members in Los Angeles need to be removed from power. We need to refund the police, support harsher criminal penalties, and begin to carry out the debt sentences. Honestly, I don't get how everyone's so damn scared of speaking out and showing force. People need to get ballsy and start bringing change. Because it's fucking ridiculous. that It's fucking ridiculous that we have children encountering fucking bums that are doing meth, having sex, acting out on hallucinations, and defacing, or how would you say it? They're defecating themselves right in front of our own fucking house and in front of our children. I'm sorry, but the last time I checked, we are in fucking America. And attacking our children is a big fucking no-no. These government officials are too scared to do anything that will effectively change the system. The solution isn't to leave California. The solution is to stay here and fight hard to change the state. It is time to remove this system that has imploded on itself. To those who are listening and have supported all these delusional politicians, this is your fault as well. To those who are running from the issue, it is your fault as well. The only solution which is hard, but no change ever came easy, is to fight. Fight hard and long. Where people living in areas where large encampments or the transients gather are able to walk out onto their front lawns and streets without fearing of being attacked by these transients. There is no reasonable explanation or concept that should permit such individuals from instilling fear on the general population. Discussing the transient issues and the way they affect the community they plague is kind of hard to be honest. Because on one hand, we cannot act like the Gestapo squadron and force them into camps. But there's nothing preventing us from making it uncomfortable for them to live in our communities. The problem with the transient community, as I've confirmed this through various forms of data, including but not limited to homeless shelters, police officers, community members, not leaders, members like you and I, politicians, and the endless amounts of personal experiences through dealing with them in a medical setting, these people always have some sort of weapon or drugs on them. And even though a lot of them might seem stable, they do suffer from mental health conditions and they will attack people. There's been other examples of the transient population committing murder. Example, in the nurse in Los Angeles. A few hours later, in the same area, a young girl was killed at her job at a high-end furniture store a few blocks away. There's also the ongoing rise in violent crime, such as the follow-home or the stalking-prey robberies. There's been even more follow-home stalking robberies throughout Los Angeles County. There's been teens that are setting up robberies by pretending to sell candy while the additional suspects lie in wait for you to open the door. In the liberal-occupied counties, we have to think about the fact that we are no longer safe or are able to count on these politicians to keep our neighborhoods safe. As long as these delusional idiots continue to stay in office, continue to write up their stupid, unreasonable policies, there's no way I'm telling how bad the crime rate is going to get. On this volume, I will have to attack the Los Angeles Board of Supervisors. To begin with the LA Board of Supervisors, these delusional ball of assholes hold seats down and incorporate their uh, hashtag woke mentality. Don't mess with me. I am woke. I listen to Joe Rogan. They attack their opposition in good old tyrant tactics. Examples can be the L.A. Sheriff's Office and L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva, where they have suffered heavy defunding from the vast reforms that took place following the George Floyd protests. The Board of Supervisors have gone far enough to defame the department and instill fear within the communities they protect in order to continue the cycle and support 
of defunding the Sheriff's Department. Among the defaming, the board has also affected the ability of the Sheriff's Department to effectively patrol their communities under contract, and they do this by determining what laws they can and cannot enforce. Example, the Board of Supervisors has advised the Sheriff's Department not to enforce laws against camping on the transient population, helping pave way to the issues that we are facing today with the large encampments that we find throughout Los Angeles, making it part of their hashtag woke agenda for all those folks listening and in disbelief. Feel free to check out the episode of California Insider titled LA County Sheriff Explains the Impacts of Defund the Police. In this episode, Alex Villanova explains everything more thoroughly than I am able to under the allotted time. It is important that we as the concerned citizens that want things to be better for our children and their families begin to take strong verbal stance against these politicians, the special groups that support them, and their attempts to implement stupid policies. One thing that is really annoying me currently is the recent video that Reno made just made the one with the clickbait uh, cover that he's wearing like the complete purge mask titled Real Life Purge, The California Experience. Look, to throw it all out there, I understand that he's trying to make a point of just not answering your door and always having a gun at the ready, which is half the truth to it all. But are you really going to be some paranoid pussy living the criminal's whim by not opening your door? Depending at what time of the day it is, I will answer my door. I'll answer it through one of my cameras. Now, I only do this because A, they might be trying to case my home if they ask to come to the door, I'm using the restroom. B, if it's a night or there's a group of them on my property, I'll answer the door the exact same way, but this time there might be a firearm pointing directly at them. Uh, example was there was two church goers that came to knock a bit late for a weekday, for a weekday night during the holidays, um, and in my driveway there was a group of four people with them. Uh, with my wife, well, she beat me to the punch and physically answered the door. I came from across where I cannot be seen at all. And I positioned myself by the window and, you know, took my pistol on. Just had it aimed ready at the guy's head. Usually males are the ones to make the first move. Statistically speaking. They attempted to give her a flyer they were carrying. Which my wife didn't have said. She told her, just leave it right there on the screen door. I'll pick it up later. And here's another thing to take notice is if both people are carrying something or is it one person and which of the two is it? Why is it that only the female is carrying a small stack of flyers? Usually people carry a moderate stack if you're going to be distributing them in suburbia. Uh, my wife tells them to leave it on the porch and we'll pick it up in a bit. They comply and leave. I stand by and watch through the cameras until I see them leave my property. During this time, I also observe the body language of the group, their actions, and what are they doing. And it's always a sigh of relief when you see them leave and not look back at your house. This also has to do a lot with how your home looks throughout the day. Are there cars parked in the driveway? Is there a routine that you guys have at home that never changes? Personally, I'm always on the lookout for cars and individuals that don't belong or if they're new to my neighborhood in the sense that... Um, in the sense that I stand by my morals and ethics, I am not going to become the victim of the scum the state of California has allowed to flourish. A few more things that I have to say about Reno May and his video. I don't like, I really don't buy much of a word this guy has to say. I understand that he's done a lot in terms of informing Californians of gun laws, policies, and corruption in certain counties, as well as for the Second Amendment here in the state. 
Now, to head into the territory that I've been covering extensively for some time, uh, that's shady on his behalf because just of this, I guess I can say, just of the way this video was made and presented. It's lacking a lot of information, and while it's informative to a degree, it is mostly fear-mongering. For example, he states that you're more probable to get mugged in big cities anywhere than anywhere else. That's not true. You're more probable to get mugged anywhere these enabling politicians and their delusional mentality and policies exist. Those are just the facts. The fact that the state has made robberies possible through minor penalties. And if you sat down with a police officer and spoke to them for just 15 minutes, you see that that's one of the major reasons why crime has gone up so much. Another reason why we are seeing Gotham become a reality in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and so on, is because of those same delusional politicians holding office. Plain and simple. I've stated it in the volume and I've made it pretty clear that people need to be aware of their surroundings and they need to train themselves to respond to situations should they arise. Unlike Reno May, I am not sponsored nor do I have puppeteers. My opinions are stated raw and unfiltered and I really don't give a fuck if you like me at the end of the day or you agree with me. I will never push products onto you or tell you that you need to buy certain products because I'm getting in shape and so on and so forth. I stated before a lot of these tactical YouTubers are owned and you can listen to Garen Thumb speak about this where these tubers push items on viewers as Reno May and some of these other guys ask dramatically when is enough going to be enough. I'll tell you straight out it's time to take a stand and change. Um, change the criminal laws in California. It's time for us to change the state government and their rhetoric. And I'll say it right now. If you threaten my loved ones or self with this robbery bullshit, I will have no problem splitting your fucking wig and shooting up the car you and the homies are in. I'll exercise my right to use reasonable force to neutralize a threat that outnumbers me. Have fun watching your boys with those cheap swap me RIP shirts at your funeral from beyond. To the people listening, we own those politicians, and they are mandated to provide our communities with the proper public safety conditions that allow our children to peacefully hang out at the parks, libraries, and throughout the city without fearing of being attacked by some fucking bum. Thank you for listening. See you on the next volume. Good night, California. Oh, one last thing. Russian ship. Go fuck yourself. Slava Ukraini.